Walmart, the big retailer, they just came out with a major warning. Jobless claims just took a big jump. And oil and gas prices, they're crashing all over again. Now, all three of those are actually the same thing from slightly different angles. And what they're saying is the good news of disinflation is actually the bad news of deflationary recession. Yeah, that thing. The deflationary recession wasn't eliminated. It was simply delayed by the rebound in the middle part of this year. And more and more, we're seeing consistent warning signs from all over the place, all over the economy, all over the world, all over the markets, which suggests that, yes, deflationary recession does seem to be happening. Now, you know it's bad when the biggest retailer in the world, the biggest retailer in the U.S. too, comes out and blames the weather for their their, their worrying results as well as what they're seeing moving forward. It was Walmart who reported earnings yesterday and CFO John David Rainey said that they have been leaning heavily on promotions, disinflation, if not deflation. He said, we've been pleased with those. Halloween was good overall, but in the last couple of weeks of October, there were certainly some trends in the business that made us pause and kind of rethink the health of the consumer. And that's something we've been talking about and seeing in anecdotes and certain data, certainly markets, uh, all along. Something seemed to happen September into October. Something big and substantial changed. And it wasn't really necessarily a change in economic conditions as it was the downside to this disinflation rebound that we've been talking about for quite some time that was more and more becoming apparent. It was emerging from what everybody had been convinced was a soft landing. It wasn't a soft landing. It was a temporary detour away from the deflationary recession. Back to Walmart, back to John David Rainey. We are more cautious on the consumer than we were 90 days ago at this time. The takeaway for us is that we're seeing strength. We're seeing share gains versus others but there is still pressure on the consumer. So good for Walmart, bad for everyone else. Again, good news is not always good news. And he also told uh, analysts during this earnings call, trying to figure out what happened late October and what's going on with the consumer, Rainey said, we can't put our finger on it exactly. And then he blamed what he called, quote, anomalous weather which is something that economists always do when the economy tends to stumble and they're surprised by the weakness because let's face it, Walmart, companies, economists, central bankers, they've been all in on the soft landing ever since they got out of the banking crisis with apparently no immediate damage taken from it. That wasn't leaving the banking crisis with no immediate damage. It was the disinflation rebound, which looked like a soft landing, but was never going to be a soft landing. Now that the disinflation rebound is over, disinflation isn't over, but the disinflation rebound is over, all of these businesses, the economic data, the marketplace is coming to grips with the fact that we are likely to go through, if we're not already going through, the worst parts of the deflationary recession. And there was more from Walmart. CEO Doug McMillan said, in the U.S., we may be managing through a period of deflation in the months to come. And while that would put more unit pressure on us, we welcome it because it's better for our customers. Well, in one sense, that would be the case. In a ceteris paribus world that economists like to model, where nothing else changes, if we hold everything constant and only reduce consumer price pressures, that would be terrific for consumers. But that's not how it works. 
Consumer price pressures are abating, as we've seen in the CPIs. I talked about yesterday in the PPI in particular. Consumer price pressures and producer price pressures, all these price pressures are abating because the economy is falling off. So if it was, in fact, just prices that were changing, that would have been great. That would have been more like the disinflation rebound, which was unfortunately uh, temporary and, and artificial to begin with. Instead, the weakness in prices now is due to weakness everywhere in the global economy, not just in the US, but more so overseas. So as we adjust to disinflation, we are being forced to adjust to disinflation for all of the bad reasons. The good news of promotions from Walmart and lower gasoline and oil prices, we'll see in a moment, that's the bad news of the economy taking that last turn. Now, why would U.S. consumers be suddenly so cautious? Because they have been so resilient. I mean, that's all we've heard all summer. Resilient consumer, resilient consumer, resilient consumer. No matter what was thrown at Americans, they wanted to spend, apparently. We had oil prices that were resurgent. We had high interest rates because we're supposed to believe high interest rates are everything. So you got the Fed pounding on consumers. You got all sorts of negatives, and yet... Sales, sales, sales. Consumers kept spending, spending, spending. And many people understandably came to believe that was economic strength. But as Walmart is saying, we are and we have been getting more and more signals that consumers were not, in fact, invulnerable. They had a limit and they may have reached that limit October, maybe in September, but October seemed to be the one. As I mentioned in yesterday's video on retail sales, there was a minor stumble in sales in October. Maybe that was a one-off, or maybe that was the beginning of what Walmart is talking about. This change, this dramatic shift in consumers. Consumers are finally getting with the downside of the disinflation rebound. As disinflation continues to grow, it's actually negative on consumers at this stage because of what it represents. And one of the things that it represents is uncertainty in the labor market. What will get consumers to stop spending faster than maybe some threats or perceived or real to their employment situation? If you were spending freely one day because you thought everything was fine, that's one thing. But the very next day you say, wait a minute, I start to hear some of my friends talking about maybe some management layoffs at the company that are management talking about layoffs at the companies they work for. Could that affect me? Then you start seeing news suggesting some of these things are happening. Suddenly you become a little bit tighter on your spending. You start thinking, maybe I should save up here just in case. Or at the very least, even if you're not afraid of losing your job, you're also thinking, I'm not likely to get a raise. Or if I was thinking about leaving my job for a better one, there probably won't be a better one waiting for me. So I have to, I have to hunker down here and, and wait out this, whatever this economic downturn is. If it turns out to be bad, I better really start saving here. I better think, rethink my budget and my spending and start cutting back. That's what Walmart was really saying. Here we have disinflation starting to really creep up here, but yet consumers, they might want to tighten their wallet. We've talked about the payroll reports, which were concerning. Actually, they were quite alarming when you thought when you, when you focus on the household survey. The jobs there, employment was down big in October. Got the disinflation rebound trend perfectly there. Another one, employment claims or unemployment claims. 
Initial jobless claims, the Department of Labor reported just today, the initial claims jumped up to 231,000 from 218,000 last week. That's the highest since the middle of August. And while 231,000 is not a huge number, you can see the trend here is starting to build and build and build. It's not as if companies are conducting mass layoffs, but you can see we're moving in the wrong direction. You put that together with the household survey and the unemployment rate that's creeping up, and you get the sense that the labor market has finally cracked. And if the labor market has finally cracked, that would certainly explain what's happening with consumers, what's going on with Walmart's warning. And the other part of the claims data, that's continued claims, that has continued to suggest that we might be more advanced in this labor market cracking process than maybe you otherwise realize. Because continued claims jumped yet again uh, the week before last, because the continued claims are a further week behind. But in the latest data from the Department of Labor, those hit 1.865 million, which is up from 1.833 million, but that's the highest since November 2021, just above the previous year high in April 8th, on April 8th this year. So jobless claims, those are starting to rise, the initial claims. Continued claims are the highest in almost two years because the labor market is becoming increasingly difficult. The reason why people are getting stuck on continued claims is that there isn't other jobs available. You get let go for whatever reason, you're one of the few who have, and you go to the unemployment insurance office, you fill out the forms, you start getting unemployment payments, but you're not expecting to stay on unemployment for very long because it's a robust labor market. Everybody says so, you hear it all over the media. But you go looking for jobs and they're increasingly more difficult to find. So as you're waiting to find another job, getting paid unemployment insurance, you're continuing your claim, other people, are in the same boat. They can't find jobs either. And so the number of former workers who are continuing to receive unemployment insurance starts to rise because there are no jobs available for them to replace the one they lost. Continued claims, that's a leading indicator as well about the labor market. Consumers are struggling. The labor market might be cracking. Walmart is warning. And there are other reasons to believe this too. We've talked about nominal income growth. In addition to labor market statistics about the count of jobs, we see it in the Bureau of Economic Analysis data on incomes. Nominal incomes have slowed way down to the fact they almost weren't growing through the summertime, backing up the weaker labor market picture. You see some of the alternative data there. So weaker nominal incomes, falling real incomes because prices are still moving positively. That meant consumer incomes were under pressure all summer, which for some reason, Americans decided they were going to ignore for one final splurge, August and September. But in splurging there, they also exhausted their savings. So we have no savings, weaker income, job market starting to get, uh, getting more and more dicey, and consumer credit is, come, is harder to come by too. We've seen data on that. Revolving credit increased by a very small amount in the month of September. Non-revolving credit, that increased by an unusually small amount, though some of that was maybe student loan uh, forgiveness. But consumer credit, that didn't, that, uh, there, was, there were signs that problems going on there. Banks have been talking about tightening up. Consumers, the FRBNY survey, they've been talking about uh, credit being much harder to get. So all of it together continues to point in this same direction. Jobs are hard to get, credit's hard to get, incomes are slowing down, 
Uh, consumers are struggling. Walmart says so. And that means the economy is in bad shape. And if the economy is in bad shape, where would we see that? Well, one of the places we would expect to see it first, oil and gasoline. Energy prices, because if we're not buying stuff, we're not moving stuff, we're not making stuff, we're not moving around ourselves if the labor market becomes increasingly weak, we're certainly not going to be filling up on gasoline and using oil and energy of all kinds. So what we see in the oil and energy, the energy sector, oil and gasoline, the crash continues. It started in August, September, and really October, and it is continuing now into November. In fact, we have some major developments in WTI futures and gasoline futures which suggest this thing is just getting started. So we'll start with gasoline. Gasoline prices are down pretty substantially today. Before I started recording this, the RBOB, the wholesale gasoline price, was $2.10. That's the lowest since December of 2022. And it's it's closing in on the December 2022 low, which would make it threatening to become a multi-year low here because, again, demand has gone down. Um, average retail gasoline prices, that was $3.34. Those are coming down more slowly. But again, the good news, which is bad news, as wholesale gasoline prices continue to drop, retail gasoline prices are going to continue to go lower too. Good news there. The bad news, of course, why that is. And we see that bad news in particular priced all over the WTI futures curve. And the WTI futures curve as it was steeply backwardated as we covered here, uh, going back to the, f- the summertime when you know Saudi Arabia decided they wanted to stabilize oil prices at a certain level and therefore they restricted production to ma- manage the supply side of the equation to make sure that oil prices didn't do what they're doing now. And as a result of that supply and demand imbalance in favor of not enough supply, The WTI futures curve rapidly steepened, got massively steep in a way we hadn't seen since the the real oil price price supply shock in March, April, May of 2022. And as the curve got backward dated, that was a signal that the market was thinking, okay, not enough supply, forget about demand. But since September 27th, everything has reversed. Again, the timing here, October, it looms large over everything. The WTI futures curve, prices started to get weaker, but more importantly, the curve began to flatten out from steeply backward dated to more and more toward contango. Last week, the WTI, the very front of the futures curve, finally dipped its its toe, the very tip of its toe into contango. The front two-month contracts actually got to be one penny contango last week. And then the market rebounded and things changed uh, over the weekend and into this week. But as of yesterday and especially today, the market is no longer dipping its toe in contango. It is full-blown contango at this point. Just before I started recording, the front-month contract of WTI was $73.56. That's down more than $3 on the day. And that's the lowest price since early July. I guess the Saudis are going to need to cut supplies some more because remember... The supply situation hasn't really changed, not across the world. The U.S. has ramped up some production, but it doesn't appear to be enough to explain, anywhere close to enough to explain what we're seeing here. This is all about demand. 
WI Futures one month spread that had been nine cents in backwardation on Tuesday after being one penny in contango last week. That dropped precipitously yesterday, and as of today, it's 21 cents into Contango right now. More importantly, the three-month calendar spread, which had been 51 cents into backwardation on Tuesday, that plummeted in the Contango yesterday, and as of right about now, it is 42 cents in Contango. So over two days, you're talking about a dollar swing in the shape of the WTI futures curve, and not in a favorable fashion. And just a reminder here, whenever we see contango, especially the flip from backwardation to contango, that is consistent with lower prices in the future, as well as economic circumstances that would produce lower prices. And it's not just oil, of course. We had the big bond buying binge on Tuesday when the CPI was released because the CPI confirmed everything that we're talking about here. So we got oil, we've got gasoline, we've got bond market. And the bond market isn't being bid because of short covering. The bond market is being bid because of the fundamentals behind all of these things. The riskier it becomes in the economy, the riskier it is in finance, the more you want to protect yourself by safe liquid investments. So when you put all of these things together, it's not Walmart issuing a major warning, although if they did that on their own, that would be something to pay attention to. It's not jobless claims rising. If that was the only thing that happened, that would be something concerning, but not necessarily all that big of a deal. Oil prices falling, well, I mean, that sounds like a good thing because as we're taught by economists or we're told by economists, the cure to inflation is deflation. Hey, we got some disinflation. Even Walmart said, hey, it's a little bit of disinflation here it could be good for consumers. And that would be true in a ceteris paribus world. But when you have Walmart warning about consumers, you've got consumers who are worried about the jobs market because jobless claims are rising, continued claims, claims are rising, suggested jobs are not plentiful and becoming harder to get. You've got oil and gas and prices, oil and gasoline prices that are dropping precipitously because the market can smell something is up here, something big is up here, and you've got bonds being bid too. All of those together tell you what we've been saying all along. The disinflation rebound, the activity that was created by the disinflation earlier this year, the switch from massive consumer price pressures to, little, to modest disinflation at the early part of this year, it triggered a backlash of sorts, a positive backlash in the global economy, including U.S. consumers. But it was only going to be temporary. And the economy was destined to roll back over again into that deflationary recession that was not eliminated. It was only delayed by a few months. A popular explanation for what's going on in the treasury market right now is short covering, but it's not really short covering. Shorts and treasury futures, that relates to something called the basis trade. What is that and why is it so important? That's the video link below me. As always, I thank you very much for joining me and until next time, take care.